the Holy Bible. We, we call it the Bible. It is a big book. 66 books in the Bible. 39 in the Old, 27 in the New. There are 1,189 chapters in the Bible. How many? 1,189 chapters in the Bible. Uh, what's it all about? Well, sometimes I like to say that the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. Sometimes I like to say that the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, basic inquiries before leaving earth. Because this book is filled with a number of wonderful questions. For example, I think about the question that Job asked in chapter 14 and verse 14. If a man dies, shall he live? Again, And Jesus' question in Matthew 16 and verse 26, What is a man profited if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And then there's that great question in the book of Acts. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Acts 16 and verse 30. And Paul's question of Romans 8 and verse 31, If God be for us, who can be against us? So the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, basic inquiries before leaving earth. Well, what I want to do for a few minutes tonight, I want to take you back to a question of the Bible, a question that was asked, and a question that demands an answer. I want you to take that book that you hold in your hand and go with me, please, to the very first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis. And tonight we go to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. Maybe you remember the story. Abraham and Sarah, they're very old people. They're kind of like Sandra and me. They're old people. And God comes to Abraham and Sarah, and God says, Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a baby. And I want you to notice the question that God asked in verse 14. Genesis 18 and verse 14. He asked this question. It's a great question. And it's the question that we're going to focus in on for a few minutes in tonight's study. Is anything too hard for the Lord. Wow, what a question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anybody in this audience who's a uh, hundred years old? Anybody a hundred? My grandmother lived to be a hundred and five. Anybody a hundred? How many of you feel like a hundred? Yeah, buddy, get those hands up, right? <laughs> Yeah, sometimes we feel like a hundred. Abraham's a very old man. He's about a hundred years old. And God comes to Abraham and God says, Abraham, you're going to have a son. His name's going to be Isaac. And you're going to be the father of all nations. And do you remember what Abraham did? I did. Scripture says that he laughed. Yeah. He, he laughed. Did you hear the news? Has the church here been told? Bill and Rita are having a little baby. Do you know that? No. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if you all of a sudden you heard that Rita is expecting a baby? I know what Bill would do. He would pass out, right? What about the rest of you? Wow. Yeah, you would do what some of you have already done. You would say, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, maybe you heard about the guy sitting down at the airport. He was sitting by himself. Nobody was sitting with him. And every few minutes he would just burst out laughing. Nobody was sitting there with him. He was just all by himself. And every few minutes he would just... <laughs> and you know, curiosity killed the cat. And curiosity got the best of this guy. So the stranger marched over and said to this fella, Excuse me, sir, uh, 
I'm just curious, what in the world are you doing? And the fellow said, well, I- I'm waiting on my plane, and I thought I would pass the time of day by telling myself a few jokes. And the stranger, the other guy said, telling yourself a few jokes? He said, yeah, I'm just passing some time, waiting on my plane, and I thought I would tell myself a few jokes. And the other fellow said, but sir, you know, maybe I'm wrong. But I've been watching for, for, for a while, and it appeared to me that a few minutes ago, you laughed harder at one than you did at the others. He said, yeah, I had never heard that one before. <laughs> and what some of you have just done is what Abraham did. Abraham, you're going to have a son. His name's going to be Isaac. And, and, and the Bible says that Abraham laughed. That's Genesis 17. Well, here in Genesis 18, God comes to Sarah. And God says, Sarah, she's an old woman, about 90 years old. Sarah, you're going to have a baby. His name's going to be Isaac. And you're going to be the mother of all nations. And what did Sarah do? Sarah followed suit. Sarah said, yeah. <laughs> Scripture says she laughed too. And on that occasion, God asked this question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, brothers and sisters, I want to ask you the very same question. Is is anything too hard for the Lord? Is there any disease that God cannot cure? Is there any sickness that God cannot heal? Is there any church that God cannot grow? Is there any marriage that God cannot strengthen? Is there any home that God cannot bless? Is there any sin that God cannot forgive? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer to the question comes in the prayer of the prophet, the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17, Jeremiah prayed, Nothing is too hard for you. And the answer to the question comes in the statement of King Jesus, Matthew 19 and verse 26. Jesus said, with God, ladies and gentlemen, with God, all things are possible. With God in your life, the Father, the Spirit, Jesus in your life, with God, all things are possible. With God, nothing is too hard. You're in Genesis chapter 18. Flip back to Genesis 14. Go back a few chapters to Genesis 14 and notice with me verse 18. Genesis 14 and verse 18. Notice how God is described in verse 18 of chapter 14. You have a Bible? How is God described in verse 18 of Genesis 14, audience? The writer is talking about Melchizedek, the priest of the... Don't miss it. God Most High. Maybe your Bible says the priest of the Almighty God. Now, the answer to Genesis 18 and verse 14 is found in Genesis 14 and verse 18. Let me say that again. The Genesis of the question in Genesis 18 and verse 14 is answered in Genesis 14 and verse 18. God is the most High God. He's the Almighty God. And if He's the Most High God, if He's the Almighty God, nothing is too hard for the Lord. Now, if that's true, if nothing is too hard for the Lord, if God is the Almighty God, the Most High God, let me tell you what that means in a very practical sense. Let me tell you what that means Monday through Saturday. In the first place, It means that we ought to 
seek God. We ought to seek Him. We ought to seek a relationship with Him. Kind of like what God said to Sodom in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. I don't know, I don't know with you, but you know what I think of when I think about the word seek? I think about two passages in the New Testament. You, you, you know the passages. I think about the greatest sermon that was ever preached. The greatest sermon that was ever preached was not preached by Bill. It was not preached by me. It was preached by our brother, King Jesus. And in that great sermon on the mount, what did Jesus say? Matthew 6, 33. You know the verse, right? Seek. Seek ye first. Is God really first in your life? Jesus said, seek ye first the rule, the kingdom, the reign of God. And all the necessities of life, the things that often get our attention, what we eat, what we drink, what we wear, all of these things will be added unto you. God said, I want to be first. Seek me first. That's the first passage that comes to my mind. The second passage that comes to my mind is the very same sermon, the very next chapter, Matthew 7 and verse 7. He said, ask and it shall be given unto you. Right? You remember? And then he said, here it is, Seek, and you'll find. And then he said, Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. You know what God is saying through Jesus, His Son? Hey, seek me. Seek a relationship with me. Don't forget about me. Brethren, I don't know if anything we cannot pray about. See, I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you're struggling with your marriage. Maybe it's your kids, your teenagers. Or maybe you're struggling with your health. Maybe it's your job. Maybe you're disappointed in life. I, I don't know what you're wrestling with. But folks, I don't know of anything we cannot pray about. I have prayed about lawnmowers. I have prayed about septic tanks. I have prayed for washers and dryers. Some time ago I lost my billfold. You ever lost your billfold? It, it was my money, my cards, my license. Man, I didn't know where it was. Well, I went to bed praying about it. Woke up the next day praying about it. Would it surprise you if I were to tell you the very same day, the day after losing my billfold, I found it? See, I don't know of anything we cannot pray about. Paul put it like this, Philippians 4 and verse 6. He said, be careful for nothing. What does that mean? Don't worry. What do you worry about? Pete worries about our car. Maybe he has a, maybe he has a reason to worry. I, I have 323,000 miles on my van out, outside. He says his, he, he worries about my, our, our car. What, what do you worry about, the rest of you? Maybe, maybe your job, your health. I don't know what you want. Paul said, don't worry about anything. But, first of all, it tells us what not to do. Don't be anxious. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry. But, he says, let me tell you what you ought to do. In everything. Brethren, he did not say in the big stuff. He did not say in spiritual matters. He didn't say in church-related stuff. He said in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You know what Paul is saying? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And I'm telling you, if nothing is too hard for the Lord, if God is the Almighty God, number one, we ought to seek Him. Seek a relationship with Him. As Jesus said, ask 
and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. But in the second place, we not only need to seek Him, in the second place, we need to share Him. Number one, seek Him, and number two, share Him. We need to tell others about Him. A good news cannot be kept. We've got to share it. Let me ask you, have you shared God with anybody lately? Maybe on a Tuesday night, Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. Have you told anybody about the Almighty God, the Most High God? Have you told anybody that nothing is too hard for the Lord? We call it the Great Charge or the Great Commission. It's found in all four Gospel accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, Matthew's account of the Great Charge, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, starting verse 18. Jesus said, All power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then he says, Go you therefore and make disciples. Are you a disciple? You say, Keith, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a disciple. He said, Disciples, go make disciples. Go you therefore and teach all nations. And then he tells us how to do it. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded, and lo, I'll be with you all the way, even to the end of the world, of the end of the ages. That's Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. Mark's account of the great charge, the great commission, Mark 16 and verse 15, Jesus put in these words. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go to El Salvador and go next door. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every, every creature. And then he said, whosoever, anybody, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be condemned or damned, Mark 16, 15 and 16. In Luke's account of the great charge, the great commission, Jesus put in these words, Luke 24 and verse 47, he said, repentance, a surrender, a change, repentance and forgiveness, remission of sins, should be preached in his name among all nations, starting in the city of Jerusalem. That's Luke 24 and verse 47. And, and then in John's account of the great charge, the great commission, John 20 and verse 21, Jesus put in these words, As my Father has sent me, and brothers and sisters, why was Jesus sent? Well, he was sent to seek and to save the lost, right? Luke 19 and verse 10. And Jesus said, As my Father has sent me, to seek and to save the lost, even so send I you. So it's found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus said, I want you to tell others about me. I want you to share me. Share the gospel. You say, Brother Keith, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a preacher. Man, I've never been to school. I, I've never been trained. I, I don't know how to tell my neighbors and friends about God. Let me ask you. Do you think you can invite somebody to come to church this week? Uh, do, do you think you could go home tonight or sometime tomorrow, get on the phone and say to a neighbor, Hey, uh, hey, George, we're having a revival down at the New Antioch Church. Uh, why don't you come and have dinner with us tomorrow night at 5.30? Hot dogs. We might have hot dogs. Why don't you come, George, tomorrow night? And old George says, uh, your friend says, tomorrow night, let's see, that's Monday night. Well, Monday night football's on. Well, George, why don't you come and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have dinner together. Tomorrow night, huh? Yeah, tomorrow night. George says, well, I don't think I have anything going. Uh, what time? 5.30. And old George shows up. 
And he eats dinner with us. And then he comes into this auditorium and here he is our song leader and our great singing that we've already heard this week. And he hears these prayers that are prayed from the heart. And it makes an impression on old George. And he gets into the Word of God and he says, you know, that makes sense to me. Well, George, I'll tell you what you do. Why don't you come next Sunday and hear our preacher? Hear Brother Bill. Bill, it's good. Well, what time? You tell him the time. And he shows up next Sunday morning. And again, he hears the singing and the praying and he gets into the Word of God. He says, man, your preacher knows what he's talking about. That guy's good. Why don't you come here, George? And maybe old George starts coming to the New Antioch Church on Sundays. And then maybe he, he comes on Sunday night. And maybe three or four weeks later, maybe three or four months later, as you're standing to sing the invitation song, Just as I am. Guess what happens? Oh, George, your neighbor, your friend, steps out into a church aisle and he comes forward. And he says, you know, I don't know a lot, but I, I do know I need to be born again. I, I know I need to become a Christian. I, I want to be baptized. And so he goes back to one of these rooms, he changes clothes, and he goes down into this baptistry, and, and your preacher, Brother Bill, says, I baptize you, George, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, for the forgiveness of sins. And he puts this guy under the water and brings him up, and we say, wow, George was converted. George was saved. Who saved him? Who converted him? I tell you what happened. A neighbor said to a neighbor, a friend said to a friend, Hey, we're having a revival at church. Why don't you come and eat dinner with us on Monday night? And sometimes that's all it takes. Do you think you can invite somebody to have dinner with us tomorrow night? You say, Keith, I don't know how to share the Lord. Well, just invite somebody to come to church with you. I'm just saying to you folks, if God is who He claims to be, if He's the Almighty God, and if we believe that, do you believe that God is the Almighty God? That nothing is too hard for the Lord? If you really believe that, yeah, number one, you want to seek Him, you want to seek a relationship with Him, but number two, you want to share Him, tell others about Him. Several years ago, in a ghetto in Chicago, Illinois, a little boy was born, he was born handicapped, and I have a handicapped son, this little boy was born handicapped. He could not walk. And every day as his mother would go off to work, she worked for minimum wage in downtown Chicago, and every day she left for work, she would just leave her little crippled son on the floor of this little two-room apartment, just put him there on the floor, and she would go off to work. A neighbor would check in on him every once in a while, but she would go off to work. In time, this little boy that I'm talking about taught himself how to crawl could not move his legs, but he would pull himself with his arms from room to room. And even in time, this little kid taught himself how to read. And one day he read in the newspaper, the local paper, of a doctor, a foreign doctor who had come from a far country to perform difficult and complicated surgery on a rich man, on a wealthy man's son. He read the article with great interest, and when his mother came home that afternoon, the kid shared the article with his mom. He said, Mama, Mama, read this. This sounds like exactly what's wrong with me. And as you can imagine, the mother read the article with great interest. Well, the next day, Instead of getting ready to go to work, she, she dressed as best she could and she called a bus to downtown Chicago to find the office of this doctor about whom she had read in the paper. She walked inside, she walked up to the desk, and she said to the woman on the other side of the desk, Ma'am, I read about that foreign doctor in our paper. I'm here to see that doctor. And the woman behind the desk said, There's no way you can see the doctor. 
But, but ma'am, I think my son has the same problem as that rich man's son. I've got to see the doc. And she said, there's no way you can see the doctor. She didn't know what to do. She turned to leave. She turned to leave. But in desperation, she ran past the desk where the woman was sitting. She ran down the hall. And as coincidence, perhaps providence would have it. She ran into the office where this foreign doctor was. She fell down on her knees. She crawled across the carpet. She got over to this doctor. She grabbed him around the legs and she began to beg, Sir, you've got to do something. Do something for my son. I, I, I need your help. Well, as you can imagine, the doctor was shocked. Surprised. Didn't know what to say. He said, Ma'am, stand up. He lifted her up. He dried her tears. He said, Would you, would you tell me what's going on in your life? And this mother began to explain in the most minute detail, what was wrong with her son. She explained as best she could what was wrong with that kid and how desperately, earnestly she wanted surgery performed on her little boy as well. The doctor said, well, ma'am, do, do you have insurance? Oh, no, sir. Uh, do you have any money? No, sir. He thought about it, then he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll examine your boy, and if he needs my surgery, he said, I'll do it. Free of charge. You know any doctors like that? In Decatur? In Huntsville? In Birmingham? In the state of Alabama? He, he said, I'll examine your son and if he needs my services, I'll give them. I'll, I'll even go farther than that. I'll try to find a hospital that will dismiss all charges. Well, sometime later, surgery was done on this little kid. Very successful surgery. And... Uh, Several days after the surgery, the mother walked in to see her little boy. She daily did. And when she came in this day, he had a big old smile on his face. He, he was grinning from ear to ear. He said, Mama, Mama, stand over there by the window. I have a surprise for you. And the mother walked over to the window, put her arms behind her back. She looked out. And, and her son, he had never done it before, but he slid out of bed and he limped on his own power across the room. And he got over to his mother and he threw his arms around her waist. And they hugged and they cried tears of joy, tears of happiness, tears of gratitude. A few days later, the doctor came to see this kid for the final time. He said, hey, I'm sending you home with some therapy. You're going to be okay. I just want to ask you for one last time, is there anything else that we can do for you? Anything other than what we've done? And the little boy began to cry. He began to cry. And he reached up and he grabbed the doctor around the neck. And he pulled the doctor's head down to his own head. And the little kid, with tears streaming down his cheeks, said, Mr. to the doctor, Sir, as long as there's a tongue wagging in my head, he said, there ain't nobody that's ever going to forget what you have done for me. Ain't nobody, sir. Nobody. And you know, brothers and sisters, if Jesus Christ, the great doctor, the great... Sometimes we sing the song, the great physician, now is near, the sympathizing Jesus. Well, if Jesus Christ, the great doctor, the great physician, has healed your soul, I mean, if you're saved and going to heaven, there ain't nobody. As long as you have a tongue wagging in your head, there ain't a soul that ever should forget what God, through His Son Jesus, has done for you. Our God is so good. And if He's a good God, if nothing is too hard for the Lord, if He's the Lord Almighty, 
the Most High God? Yes, let's, let's seek Him, a, a relationship with Him. Let's look for Him earnestly, diligently. But number two, let's also share Him with our neighbors and friends. Let's at least invite somebody to come to church with us. You know how we can double tonight's crowd? If we have 30 here tonight, 35, 40 here tonight, you know how we can have 80 tomorrow night? Everybody bring somebody. Is that, is that too difficult? You think you could bring somebody tomorrow night? God willing, tomorrow night we're going to be looking at another great Old Testament question. If God is with us, why has all this happened to us? But let me share something else. We not only need to seek Him and share Him, if God is the Almighty God, if nothing is too hard for the Lord, let's, number three, surrender or submit to Him. I'll be honest with you, folks. I'll, I'll talk to you from a preacher's standpoint. It's a lot easier to preach it than to practice it. Let, let me just say it like this. It's a lot easier to learn it than to live it. I think about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter. First of all, he tells us who's not going to go to heaven. Not those who just cry out, Lord, Lord Jesus, Lord, come in my heart. Not those who just say, Lord, Lord, shall enter. But then he says, let me tell you who's going to go to heaven. Those who are doing, those who are surrendering, those who are submitting to the will of my Father. But I'm telling you, it's a lot easier to learn what's right, than to live what's right. It's a lot easier to preach it than to practice it. To illustrate what I'm talking about, I think that most of us know the golden rule. What's the golden rule? You know what it says. Matthew 7 and verse 12, Whatever you would that men should do to you, Jesus said, Do ye even so to them? In other words, treat people like you want to be treated. You've heard that since you were a kid, right? Even the kids know that. The golden rule. Treat others like you want others to treat you. But are we living that? Are we surrendering, submitting to that? Do you treat people like you want people to treat you? I think most of us know Acts 20 and verse 35. Let me start it and you finish it, okay? I'll start it and you finish. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to... You know that, right? But are we living that? Do you really believe that the happy person is the giving person? You can answer that question by answering this question. What do you give to God on Sunday? Think about it. What do you give to God on Sunday? Uh, do you give more this year? Are you giving more this year in 2019 than you gave last year in 2018? I'm talking about Sunday morning. I know that not everything we give to God is given in dollars and cents on Sunday. I understand that. But are we giving more to God this year than we gave? You're making more money this year than you made last year. Are you giving more to God this year than you gave last year? When was the last time you increased your contribution to God? It is more blessed to give than to receive. We know that, but are we doing that? Are we submitting to that? I think that most of us know what to do to be saved. What must I do to be saved? Acts 18 and verse 8, that one little verse, gives God's plan of salvation. The Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. They heard the message about Jesus. They, they trusted, they believed the message about Jesus, 
And in baptism, they obeyed the message of Jesus. Acts 2.38, it's our verse. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And you've heard preachers talk about that. Have you done that? Have you been baptized? You say, Brother Keith, I'm a baptized believer. Oh, you're a baptized believer? I think most of us know 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. James 5.16 Confess your sins one to another. <laughs> Have you done that this year? Three came this morning and said, pray for me. When was the last time you came and said to your church family, pray for me? I just need to be prayed for. When was the last time you did that? See, most of us know what's right. We know what the book says, but are we surrendering, are we doing, are we submitting to the will of God? James put it like this in James chapter 4 and verse 7. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will run, flee from you. Well, is anything too hard for the Lord? Genesis 18 and verse 14. And the answer to Genesis 18 and verse 14 is in Genesis 14 and verse 18. God is the most high God. And if He's the most high God, the Almighty God, if nothing is too hard for the Lord, yes, let's seek Him. Number two, let's share Him. And then number three, let's uh, surrender, submit to His will. When you came tonight, you probably did not come thinking, you know when we sing the invitation song? I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to respond. I'm going to go forward. Uh, you probably did not walk in here thinking, you know, when we stand and sing, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to be baptized. I'm going to be asking my brothers and sisters to pray for me. You probably did not come thinking, I'm going to respond. But I'm asking you, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is God the Most High God? If He is, yes, let's seek Him. Let's share Him. But now's the time to surrender, submit to His will. You need to be prayed for. need to be encouraged. We can do all things through Him who gives us strength. May God give you strength tonight. And may you leave like the Ethiopian with a smile on your face rejoicing because you have done what is right. Who's going to come tonight? Who's going to lead that way? Wouldn't it be great? If maybe on Thursday of this week, Friday of this week, we could look back and say, you know, God blessed us at the new Antioch church. Every service, there were public responses to the Lord's invitation. Wouldn't it be great if we could say on Thursday or Friday, at every service, somebody came to do what's right. Who's going to lead the way tonight? We're going to find out. Let's stand and let's sing. My brother.